social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Because if you're social, then you really should be tweeting less. If you're social, then you really could be leading less. You can't have what people say it's so mysterious. Because you're social, you're a leader and you're serious. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Welcome back to another episode of All the Social Ladies. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and today I am here with Carmen Shirky Collins. Carmen Collins has been working on creating one-on-one relationships with customers since before social media was in the lexicon. She's helped pioneer and transform social media programs for several Fortune 500 companies and large brands. So to name a few, we're talking America Online, Verizon, Mozilla Firefox, Citrix, and as of today, I have news, all the social ladies, it is her actual first day at Cisco. Her passion for social media aside, she's also an award-winning writer with one book on Amazon and another underway. She's a wife, a mom to a fur kid, and a world traveler. And we are so excited to have her on the show. Welcome, Carmen. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. You are such a true social lady, and I'm so excited for you. How's the first day going? It's going well. It's got all the natural first day uh, things going on. But other than that, I'm so excited to be starting my new role and it's really, bringing social expertise to a new company. It's really, really wonderful, and, and it's a great company to join. So congratulations to you. you. All right, so tell me a little bit. You've had a lot of success with a lot of big companies, and, and it really seems like a terrific career. Tell me a little bit of the story of your career. Well, I started out life. Um, I went to the University of Virginia. I wanted to be a journalist, <clears throat> and then I graduated from college and realized how much journalists made and what hours they wanted you to work. It was mostly nights and weekends and decided I was going to become a copywriter instead because Mm. I've always had a passion for writing. So I worked for some magazines and then for some internal agencies and then an external ad agency and then decided that I wanted to write for the web. And this was kind of weird in the agency I was in because the web was new as a marketing tool. And uh, they, let it, they let me do some client websites and that sort of thing. But I realized that if I want to work on web copy, I needed to go someplace where people understood the web, which is how I ended up at America Online. And I worked there for several years. That's really where I cut my teeth on mm. web writing and, you know, how to entice people to click on a link and read a headline. And so I did that for several years and then moved on to some different places Started Verizon's very first Twitter account when I worked there as a consultant for many, many years. Um, worked at Firefox, which is a big brand. They're actually celebrating their birthday today. So uh, um, it's been fun watching them come along in social media. Yeah. And um, now I'm at Cisco, and I'm going to do social media for the online talent brand. So I'm going to take social to a new audience, a new audience for me anyway, of employees and future employees and college students who want to be employees. I'm really excited. That is really exciting and a very interesting piece of social that I think is often overlooked, likely because social so often sits in the marketing department, they don't even think about its use for HR and talent. And they're just, the opportunities there are really immense. 
Yes, it's the whole the whole talent branding group is really new, and there a lot of companies, not just Cisco, a lot of companies, like you said, are just starting to think about this. And so I'm excited to dip my toe in the water and, and help them out. It's so exciting. I'm so excited for you, Carmen. Thanks. I love it. Thanks. Now, you've worked with a lot of brands really when they were early adopters in social, right? They were just getting into it. How difficult was it for you and the team, really, to convince the C-suite to really invest in social? And do you find that that's still an issue today, or have we overcome that? So at America Online, it was ingrained in the culture. They called it community then. We didn't really call it social media. That wasn't a word. But that was ingrained in their culture. They couldn't couldn't do any of their content packages without some sort of poll or community message board or forum or something like that. So that was easy. But when you start to work for the big brands like Verizon, like I said, I started one of their very first Twitter accounts, and it took me six months to get permission to do that. And six months now, that's 17 Facebook algorithm changes, right? That's a really long time in social media. Um, But it it was a lot of convincing at that time, but that was pretty long ago. But even now, even in the, some of the most recent jobs I've had, I don't think anybody has to convince the C-suite that social is important. I think they all find it this shiny gem that everybody wants to be a part of. But I think it takes a lot of convincing the C-suite of how to use it, yep. you know, still telling them it's not a press release. Right. Um, I think a lot of people have that challenge. It's not a press release. New bet. Yeah, it's not what you want to say. It's what your what your customers want to talk about. So I find that that's that's still a conversation that uh, takes place, and over time you can educate folks. And one of the things that I've been trying to do lately is when people come and ask you for something last minute um, because they don't understand social, I can say, well, this is what I can do for you now. But this is what I could have done for you had you, you know, asked me three weeks ago and we talked about it. Yes, yes. <laughs> so that's kind of how I try to convince people over time to. So explaining that, had you gotten the go-ahead when you originally asked, here's how much more effective we could have been. Exactly. Mm, good Good strategy. I enjoy that. <laughs> so speaking of strategy, tell me a little bit about what goes into building a social media presence and following. Even you yourself have a pretty good following across social media. So tell me a little bit about what some tips that you have for really growing a following across social. Well, the first thing is, is you have to be a participant. It is clearly not an if you build it, they will come sort of medium. Yep. And, you know, I... I tell people, and I'm doing this now in my current job, I'm helping recruiters understand how important it is to be in social and how to grow their networks. And the first thing is find people like you. Um, That's one of the great things about social media is the ability to connect with people who are like you and have conversations about things you care about. It could be anything from last night's Walking Dead episode to talking about gaming to telling jokes. I mean, there's a whole wide range of things to talk about. So I tell people the first thing to do is, you know, find people like you and start having conversations with them, um, whether you're on LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter. And then you know, I, the hardest thing about convincing people on how to use social correctly, because everybody has an account, right? I think if, yeah. if there's anybody that's not on Facebook now, they must uh, live under a rock or yes. be a millennial and yes. just quit Facebook. But anyway, exactly. they're, the, they're way ahead of us. But, you know, it's more than just having an account. It's more than just posting what you want to say. It's 
you know, ask people questions, get people to respond to you, um, you know, follow existing conversations, especially if you're on Twitter, use the hashtags that interest you, like hashtag job chat if you're a recruiter, or, um, you know, hashtag dead buzz if you're a Walking Dead fan, whatever conversation you want to be a part of. And then share what other people share, you know, retweet, share on Facebook, repost on LinkedIn. And over time, your follower account will grow. And you don't have to spend a dime to do it. If you want to spend a little bit of money, you can, of course, and that'll grow some followers. But then the question is, are they the kind of followers that will engage with you and talk with you? So, Absolutely. Um, and so, Carmen, do you think that when you're working in social, to be successful, you have to love it? Do you think you can be in social and inherently you know, not like it that much or not be that that into it, can you succeed still? That's a really good question. And I I'm, I do not have a crystal ball, but I can tell you what my gut tells me. Yep. And it, my gut tells me you have to love it. Yeah, I think um, so too. And I also think, and there are some introverts that work in social media and who will probably disagree with me, but I think you also have to have some extroverted characteristics, right? You need to be a people person because you're having one-on-one conversations. Um, it's a little easier because you're behind a computer and you're not face-to-face, but you still need to be a little bit of a social butterfly Yep. and want to have those conversations. And, if you know, it's a 24-7 gig, so if you don't love it, yeah, totally. <laughs> Why are you trouble. doing it? Right, right. You know, it's funny. I, I talk about that a lot and actually have had interesting conversations on social about that, of whether you need to be an extrovert to be on social. And one of the things that somebody once said to me was that it's perfect for the ambivert, which is somebody who has like a little bit of extrovertedness in them, but maybe has trouble like at a networking event, that they're able to do that online and be behind a computer actually allows their inner extrovert to really come out, which That's I thought great. was such a cool cool, interesting way to think about it. I love that. Yeah, right? I'm going to adopt that. Good. Take I it. Give, I will give you credit. I wish. Yeah, you can give me credit, but it came from somebody <laughs> else. But I, <laughs> I have to go back and find it. It was many moons ago. And I actually think it was because it, I got in like this heated discussion about introverts versus extroverts. And, you know, it, you can get people get very upset. But I think the concept of it really bringing out any extroverted piece of you is is very, very true. Okay, so Carmen, since you've been doing this a long time, I would ask you what measurements and goals are important for brands to look at when they're reviewing success in social? I think that depends entirely on the goal. People are always saying it's really hard to measure social. I think social has so much data that you can't, you don't know what to do with it. <laughs> Preach. I agree. <laughs> totally. There, there's so much data, and at my previous job, I had someone ask me, can I have access to your Facebook insights? And I immediately cringed. I'm like, well, you can have access to them, but we meet about it every week. So if you can figure it out, right. <laughs> you can write the book and let us know. But I think it depends on, you know, your goal. If your goal is sales, then you're going to have, you know, click-through goals and reach goals. If your goals are brand awareness, then you're going to look at reach and impressions. If your goal is just to to build community, then you're going to look at engagement and uh, at replies on Twitter and shares on Facebook. So I think at least this is the aha moment I've come to over the last six months is that there's not one number. And I think it changes with who you're talking to as well. You know, the C-suite is going to want an entirely different number because they want a very umbrella view. I don't know that they care about how many likes you had on a Facebook post. Right. But they're going to want to know reach and impressions. And I hate the impressions number in social. I kind of think it's a vanity number. Right. But 
when the PR department is talking about impressions, then that gives you sort of an apples-to-apples comparison of how social is doing. So it's just, I know I didn't answer your question. It, it, it kind of is, the answer is, it depends. Well, you actually but, did, because what you what you said is focus on the goal to get to the measurement that you need. I mean, it's really where your goal is, is what you're measuring. And you also said what I loved was about making it in the language that people understand. So when you're talking PR, in order to go apples to apples, you have to talk impressions, even though it's a number that true social media purists are like, well, what does that really mean? It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you're speaking the same language as the company and therefore able to compare it. I mean, I I got a lot out of that answer, just so you know. (laughs) Yay, good. Okay, so now I love this because I'm like quizzing you. You're you're like the social media wizard right now, and I'm quizzing you on all of your advice, and I love it. We're getting a lot of good digestible stuff here. Okay. Carmen, what would you say is the best team structure for success in social? What team What team structure do you like and which ways have you worked that have worked best? Um, I have, I don't know that there is one way that I've experienced that works. Um, I prefer a center of excellence, mm-hmm. sure. Um, but that doesn't work for every company. My previous company, you know, when, if you're, if you're a company that has 15 or 16 products Having a center of excellence is good, but then you need to have product knowledge that goes with each one. So, you know, that may not be an answer for, like, a craft brand. So, golly, how many products they have right. to keep up anymore. Right. But I prefer to have at least a center of excellence, a central place that can talk about what do we want to measure, you know, so everyone's speaking the same language, somebody that can talk about best practices, Somebody that can talk about branding. I've worked now at two companies and had to develop a social media brand style guide mm. to go with the brand style guide because social media is so different. Right. So you need a central place to talk about that and just governance, things like, you know, a natural disaster just happened. Do we stop posting? Is it okay to still post? Um, that sort of thing. So uh, my preference is kind of the what used to be the Dell model when, you know, they had a building with all their social people in one place, kind of that center of excellence. And do you think that a smaller company can take some of the learnings of a center of excellence and incorporate it into their, um, their existing structure? Absolutely. I think that so much documentation exists now that, you know, other people have done the work for you. Let the big companies do the work and go out and find it on Google and uh, apply it to your own small business. Yep. But in and you know, in a small business, sometimes the salesperson does it five percent of their times, another person, the owner does it five percent. You know, it's it's not a centralized thing. But I think if everybody stays abreast of social media news and happenings and understands, you know, how to use it at its heart, then I think that they can adopt those those models and, and be really successful in their small businesses. And let me ask you this. What is your favorite social network and why? And what for you personally? And then which have you seen the most success with for brands? That's like asking me to choose my favorite child. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, there, I, would, I would say that there are two for me. The one I like to participate in the most is Twitter. Yep. Um, I like its real-time nature. I'm addicted to hashtags. Um, <laughs> I, you know... Jimmy Fallon and Justin Timberlake, their hashtag skit is hysterical. Know, is my favorite. Yes, forty-five seconds of television ever. Yes. Um, but 
<laughs> so Twitter's the one I like to participate in, but I'm also a very visual person, so I really like Pinterest. I like create. It's kind of like an inspiration board on steroids. I I love looking at people's boards. Um, I take my Pinterest app into my nail salon and I show them pictures. I'm like, this is what I want you to paint my nails, you know. So totally, um, that's my visual board is in my visual channel rather is Pinterest. Um, I love and Pinterest I think that's as well. Fun. I think a lot of brands are just now getting into things like Pinterest and Instagram, sort of the edge cases of social to see yep. if it'll work. Uh, but the one that I've seen the most success on recently, if you'd asked me a year ago, I would said Facebook. Yep. Um, but then the reach apocalypse happened, yep. right? And nobody sees what you're posting on Facebook anymore. Correct. So I think Twitter is is my favorite brand platform because you can now with Twitter you can really target your audience. It used to be that you had to have a Twitter account for every geo, for every product, for every topic of conversation you want to have. But now you can you know spend a little money and target those niche audiences. My I think it's really successful for that reason. And Carmen, I know that you write frequently and you really have positioned yourself um, as a thought leader, for better or worse. I don't know how you feel about the word (laughs) thought leader. But how important do you think that is in the space to really personally brand yourself as somebody who is at the forefront of the industry? I think that's important for anyone, not just a social media person. But, you know, that's one of the pieces of advice I give to university students or interns is you've got to have your social, your professional social presence strong, whether you're a content person, whether you're an IT person, you know, that's what makes people want to hire you in the future. And that's what makes people want to work with you uh, on projects. But specifically for social, I don't know that you have to be quote unquote, a thought leader. And thank you for saying that I am. That makes me happy. (laughs) You definitely Um, are. But I, it, it's something that I personally enjoy is mentoring people. I, I get a lot of requests, will you mentor me? Um, and so I kind of feel like if I have some knowledge in my head and I can share it with somebody, that's what social is, right? It's sharing ideas and, and best practices. and So that's why I like to do it. But for any career, I think you, know, you don't have to be necessarily a TED speaker in that space, right? But you can be someone on social media or on Google when they search for you. Yeah. It shows that you are, you know what you're talking about. Exactly. Whatever it is you're talking about. Exactly. And so, Carmen, in listening to your story, you've really had a lot of success and and had a lot of great accomplishments at, at some really big companies. Talk to me about a big challenge that you faced in your career. A big challenge. Hmm. You know... It's it's still the biggest challenge that I have all the time. It's that this is a space, social media is a space that I'm super passionate about. And I want everybody to be successful in it and, for lack of a better word, do it the right way. And I guess it's not exactly black and white. There's probably not a right and a wrong way to do it. But I think there are some serious wrong ways to do it. Yep. And it's still a challenge having that conversation with people and explaining to them, you know, how to drive results that aren't just tweet this or put this on Facebook. You know, social media people are not not generally order takers, right? They're strategists. They can help right. with certain things. And, and, and that's it, – it's still a new industry, I guess. It's still a new medium, and, and I guess that's where it is right now. Right. But – 
that's hard for people who are creative and who love, love to strategize. Just do it. That's a hard, hard pill to swallow. And then you try to explain it, and they're like, oh, well, you think social is better than everybody else. I'm like, yep. no, it's just different. <laughs> you know, it's funny because it really is still in its infancy, even though it feels like to those of us who have been doing it forever that it's, you know, this, you know, old, mature kind of process of marketing. It's it's really still quite new, and I think those challenges are still there all the time. Yeah. But, you know, that's also what makes it fun. Definitely. I mean, it's frustrating, yes. You know, eyeball fork days, they happen. But it's what makes it fun, and it's changing all the time and keeps you on your toes. Never the same day twice. You bet. All right, now let me ask you this very important question. Okay. When you get home and you're done working for the day, do you, as a so- someone who works in social, want to get off of social media or do you continue <laughs> being on social media more? Does it make you do it more or do you want to just shut it off? Well, I'm a very blessed individual in that I work from home. Oh, so beautiful. I, I am pretty much connected all the time. But... Um, I will say that I try very hard, and this is, the older I get, the more I realize this is important. I try very hard to disconnect. There are some things that I will do social media-wise after working hours for myself. One of my favorite things to do, for example, is when Super Bowl Sunday happens. I don't pay any attention to the game. I'm on Twitter. I'm following the ads hashtag for all the Super Bowl ads, right? That's fun to me. It's just entertaining. Or, you know, your favorite TV show or some award show, you're talking about who's dressed how, and, you know, that's fun. So much but, fun. But um, because I'm on social media all day, there isn't really a distinction between personal and yeah. professional. Yep. It's all happening at the same time. Yep. Um, I'm surprised my brain can process all the information. That's <laughs> Probably amazing. Probably can't. Sometimes I can't even complete sentences. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but I'm learning the older I get to unplug. When you go on vacation... Okay, Instagram a photo, but unplug, right? Because yes. you're not going to be 90 years old and look back on life and say, darn, I wish I had to spend another hour on Twitter. Yep. You're going to think, darn, I wish I would have eaten dinner with my family or put my phone down when we went out on date night or whatever that is. Yeah. So it's hard, but I'm learning. Yeah. You know what I find hard sometimes, Carmen? I feel like, especially when I'm enjoying something, I want to capture it so badly, like to yeah. savor it and have it as this digital footprint. But at the same time, doesn't it take away from being organically in that experience. Sometimes like on vacation and that kind of experience, I, I do I do have that quite a bit. Yes, and you do you want because we're social ladies, yep. right? We want right. To, we want to share our you know what's exactly. happening. Exactly. And I have an example. One of my bucket list things was to go to Sydney, Australia for New Year's Eve. Awesome. And I finally got to go. I a long time ago, I think it was 2009. I can't okay. remember. Anyway, a while ago. And I had, I had booked a, a, a boat to be out in Sydney Harbor for New Year's Eve when the fireworks were going off on the, on the Sydney Harbor Bridge. And I had also gotten special permission to bring my camera aboard because I was going to write a story about it. And I started taking pictures, and halfway through I realized, holy cow, I bucket list, and I'm seeing it all through the lens of the camera. Oh, yeah. So I, I've, halfway through the fireworks display, I just said, I'm sure I've gotten a photo. I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to I'm just going to soak it in. Aww. So I think that there's a balance right between sharing and soaking it in. You bet. I love that. 
I love that. It's a great piece of advice. And so let's end with what piece of advice you would have for a young social lady who is aspiring to be a future Carmen Shirky Collins. <laughs> well, first, don't aspire to be me. <laughs> second, um, be greater than me. Um, find a mentor. Be social, if, especially if you want to work in social media. It's interesting. I had... Uh, at my previous job, I had an opening for a social media intern, and I got probably a hundred resumes for this internship. And of those resumes, maybe three had a social presence. And you know, it doesn't have to be a professional social presence. It probably does. You probably don't want it to be your, you know, sorority and parties from college social presence. You want it to have sort of a professional air to it. But talk about whatever you are, uh, whatever you love. If you're if you if you're into comic books. Talk about it. Be social about it. Yeah. But if you're going to work in social, you have to prove that you know the space. And it is more than just a Facebook page or a Twitter page. You know, put yourself out there. Perfect advice from a perfect social lady. I absolutely <laughs> love this interview. It's chock full of great tips for our listeners. And I feel very blessed that you are on our show and oh. very happy to know you. Yes. I'm, well, first of all, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Of course. And, uh, where should they follow I, you? Where should they follow me? Well, on Twitter, I'm at C Shirky Collins. It's hard. I'll spell it. C S H I R K E Y C O L L I N S. Awesome. C Shirky Collins. My maiden name is very complicated. <laughs> I love it. And um, on LinkedIn, Carmen Shirky Collins. And I'm not really on Facebook, but those are the two. That's perfect. Well, Carmen, I hope everyone follows you. You are an awesome Thanks. social lady. From one awesome social lady to the other. Oh, it's a love fest. <laughs> it's a love fest. A it's love a social fest. love fest. A social lady love fest. Thank you, darling. <laughs> that needs to be a hashtag. Yes. Social love fest That's, right now. It's Everybody going right now. It. Right now. Let's do it. <laughs> social lady love fest. All right. Bye, darling. Thanks. Bye-bye. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerpin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter at Carrie Kirpin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com.